This is the Infatuation Podcast, where we get together to talk about Asian things that we love. I'm Brian Chu, and on today's episode, we are wrapping up our coverage of the Marvel movie, The Eternals. Last name, Brian Chu, full name. All right. Yeah, I'm not like Madonna. <laughs> All right, welcome to episode 13, everyone. Welcome back, Lauren and Brian. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, by the time this comes out, it would have been two weeks since our last episode. We did a little baseball one in between. But today is November 7th. We just saw The Eternals less than 20, no, more than 24 hours ago, but we just saw it yesterday. And it's fresh in our mind, so we wanted to come in here and record. We're going to do a little breakdown, or a lot of breakdown. We'll see. How much breakdown are we doing? Are we doing a lot? Are we doing a little? Breaking it all down? Let's do it all. We could. <laughs> I was going to say, let's hit the high point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we, we're not on the same page. Come on, team. Let's, <laughs> what are we doing here today? <laughs> all right. Well, in any case, whatever we break down, we're going to have huge spoilers today. So if you have not seen the movie, by the time this episode comes out, I think it's going to be November 17th. And, you know, you should have seen it by now, right, people? But if you haven't, go see it. Come back and listen to this podcast when you have, because we're going to talk about some some twists, some turns, some surprises. Uh, so, yeah, you don't want to listen to this if you haven't seen the movie, unless you like spoilers. We've talked about that before. Some people like spoilers, but I don't. So, anyway, if you if you don't want to hear any spoilers, tune out right now. Come back in a week or two when you when you watch the movie. But, yeah, let's get into it. We, we, uh, we don't want to dilly-dally. Let's get right into it, but... We need all the time we have. Yeah, we need all the time we have. I got one question. The one question for y'all. All right, now this is going to take some thought here. Can you summarize your reaction to the movie in one or two words? Of course, we'll get more detail later. But if you had to summarize it in one or two words, what would you say? Critics suck. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. He's coming in hot, folks. He's coming in yeah, hot. That's right. <laughs> Brian has opinions. You're going to hear them. All right. How about you, Lauren? Something like childlike wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that too. Like another world. Like it's just, she created another world, I thought. It was Earth, but it was not the Earth that we know, right? <laughs> yes. And then the the universe, solar systems, you know. Yeah. It was, it was, it was big. It was a big movie. A big movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's just get right into it. So let me let me see if I can summarize. I wrote this myself, so I should have maybe looked at Ian, the official plot. But here we go. So this is my little summary. We meet ten Eternals, and so Eternals are basically these creations of the Celestials, and the Celestials are like the creators of all the planets and all the beings. And then somewhere along the line, some creations had gone wrong, and those are the Deviants, and they just hate the other creations. So in this case, humans, right? So they they hate humans. They just eat them. They just destroy them. And so it's the Eternals' job to protect the humans that were created along with 
the rest of the planets and all that stuff. So the Eternals' job is basically to protect the humans from these deviants. And so they do such a good job. They finished the job, when was it, like 5,000 years ago? Or they, they get... They get rid of the deviants thousands of years ago, right? Like Mes- yeah. Mesopotamia or something like that. Yes, yes. They had so many years of just waiting. And then they, yeah, then they were just like, well, what do we do now? And then they're just kind of watching human civilization kind of, you know, not go in great directions. And there's waiting for their, their next orders or their next instructions. And so they're just kind of here on Earth living amongst us and observing and sometimes interacting like you'd see fastest fastest make some technology and give it to humans and stuff like that but they're basically just kind of chilling and then some of them are questioning what are we even doing here why are we still here um and then we flash to the present where there's a giant earthquake and actually it wasn't giant it was there was an earthquake and uh some of the a deviant comes back and more than one deviant comes back and so it looks like the eternals need to spring back into action does that sound about right where we're at here you're right. good at summary really yeah, you like that you like that all right uh so <laughs> let's talk about the plot it's it's hard to talk about this plot in in short detail but it was a hard task they gave chloe zhao chloe zhao's the director and so they had to take 7,000 years of history and dozens of characters and just try to make a story out of it. And so there's a lot of flashbacks. You go back to different eras of history, the Babylonians, the Mesopotamians, you know, like all, all these, dark, you know, these times in history were kind of like turning points and the Eternals were there. And Brian had alluded to that in the comic books as well. So... So right away, I think this is going to be a problem, right? Right away, you're trying to tell 7,000 years of history. I think it's going to be a little overwhelming. So what do you guys have to say about the plot? Well, I think Chloe Chloe had uh, a pretty big task on her shoulders with um, so many characters that were never introduced until this film. So she did an amazing job introducing the characters. I felt that it was very easy to follow along with a lot of reinforcement of the characters. So she did a great job. Uh, pretty amazing feat. But in the comic book world, there's a lot of conflict right now. Uh, they feel like the social so, social justice warriors infiltrated the comic comicdom in, in various positions, writers and artists. And, and they're ruining comic books because they're pushing agendas of the, the woke movement movement and um, all kinds of um, in- insertion of, of things into the heroes that you know we're very familiar with. Uh, but the diversity of characters, that being said, made it easier for me to distinguish each character mm-hmm. and made each character much more rich. And so I was really happy about the diversity in this film. And, I, and it was very palatable and I, I liked it. And you know, that the slow part for me was two thirds in and trying to figure out how to deal with uh, Arisham revealing, you know, the agenda, right? After figuring out yeah. the true, true ag- agenda and resulting in human annihilation, um, mm-hmm. that took a while. You know, for some reason, it, it, it's almost like the, the movie, movie kept going, but then it stalled right there. It got stuck. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, the characters were stuck also, and, you know, they're trying to wrap their heads around this situation. Um, But I love the plot twist also. And uh, spoiler, spoiler, I love the plot twist of Icarus. 
You know, mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of um, the Captain Marvel movie where the Skrulls were the bad guys. They've always been the bad guys. Oh, more spoiler for a different movie. But all of a sudden, there's a whole different side that's being created uh, and a, a different perspective that's being created. So that was pretty neat. I didn't expect that at all. And so now it's supposed hero versus hero, especially in thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't, no one, that didn't leak. So no one knew that was coming. But Curtis, you uh, mentioned it during our podcast before because we were talking about well how is the bad guy gonna be relatable and you said well, maybe it's gonna be an eternal and i was like ah. so when that was happening i thought about you curtis that you called it that was a pure shot in the dark <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know nothing i am john snow i know nothing you nailed it though <laughs> um what do you think what do you think overall just big picture lauren what do you think of the plot Big picture plot, just so intriguing. It was, yeah. And there was so much that happened, and we learned a lot of rich character backstories with probably, like, less than 15 minutes screen time for each of the Eternals to themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like, probably five, five minutes of you know, a certain eternal, but you feel like you got to know them. That was interesting. And that's all intercut with like 10 minutes of clouds and five minutes of rocks and things like that. Um, But I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. It pulled me in and I was confused. I mean, there's for sure some things I'm like, huh, can you explain that more? (laughs) Like, I don't really get it. Like, Mm -hmm. but we'll, we'll probably talk about that later, but it's still fun and interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. I looked at my watch a couple times in the first hour, hour and a half. I was kind of like, "Wait, we're we're not even halfway in yet." And it's slow. Me too. It was, I had to go to the bathroom like pretty early on. That felt bad, but, but it you, went away. But the you, feeling went away. Yeah, and then you, you came back, and they're still in the field. You're like, "Wait, they're still in the field talking." <laughs> I went to the bathroom for like three minutes. What happened? Um, it was a little, yeah, but it's so hard because, yeah, you got so many characters and you got to introduce them. And yes, yeah, less like Makari, she came out of nowhere. Like literally, like they're all assembled. They had all the stuff and they, they go to the ship and then she's just chilling there. She's sitting there. They didn't give her any screen time at all for the first hour and a half. Yeah, that's true. So that's it's true. just tough. It, it's really tough. I mean, but I think you're right. At the end of it, I feel like we know them all a little. Mm-hmm. We don't know them all well. Yeah, their moments on screen were very precise. Mm-hmm. There was not a wasted line, I think, for any of them. Yeah. Or else it would have been even longer. I'll give a, I'll give a Vivian take. My wife Vivian, her thought was, she said, I wish this was like an eight-part Korean drama. You know, like... She felt like it could have easily been eight to ten episodes of Disney Plus or something, you know, and then do a movie, you know, do like a yeah, do like an eight part introduction to everybody, and then drop the bomb where they show up in London, you know, like maybe, maybe like establish it's so hard, on, and but I, I felt like she did pretty well or, or even really well. It was a lot, and I think at the same time because it was so much, and because the scale and the stakes were so high to me it felt like 
a true Marvel movie mm. because it incorporated what was happening on Earth, but also the universe and different universes, solar <laughs> systems. Like the stakes were really high. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of it, you want to see part two? Like I definitely want <laughs> I definitely want to see part two. Yeah. I think it's just it's just heating up, you know, it's just getting it's just getting good, I think. The thing about this movie, which is very gutsy and kind of amazing that they're even trying to do this. This is how the world started. This is how the Big Bang got created. And we're introducing these characters. And they interweave into the Bible, into history, into mythology, Norse and Greek. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. King Arthur, in, in, in stories, King Arthur, mm-hmm. influencing novels. Like, you know, Sprite is the inspiration for Peter Pan and shows up, you know, to at the author and is introducing him to this whole novel, right? Marvel's like, look, this this situation here, we're rewriting all of history, we're combining all of history. We're taking we're writing all realities yeah. and we're combining it all. And what killed me was they actually would mention DC characters. And they mentioned Superman, which is like unavoidable. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, it's like Icarus looks just like him. He's flying, they're using the same CGI. I beams coming out. Yeah, he would be a good Superman. You know, it's like they're totally, and they're not afraid to mention it. And they even mention, mention Batman. My little prediction here: you can come back to this podcast in a couple of years, but my prediction is that DC will one day buy D. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Disney will one day buy DC Comics. Oh dang! And then you'll see crossovers <laughs> for real. Bum, right. bum, bum. Lock it in November seventh, two thousand twenty-one. Brian Chu calls it Disney's <laughs> buying DC people <laughs> maybe Fem Force too Lauren <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that would be awesome oh man alright so I think we've gotten into it a little bit already but uh, what were your favorite character scenes so like I said Chloe Zhao's thing is building characters um, so I think she did she did well in a couple scenes was there any scene that kind of jumped out at you it was like wow that Really showed me who these characters were a little bit. You go first, Lauren. Okay. I really liked all of Fina's scenes. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think that in the end, she came out to be like my favorite Eternal. Ooh. I wanted more of her for sure. I definitely wanted yeah. more. Yeah. I wanted to see her fight more because mm-hmm. epic cool. warrior, that's her thing. Yeah. I thought that the last scene in the cave would be a huge, more epic battle, but it wasn't. It was not not that long, kind of lame. But mm-hmm. but I think in all, I really liked her story and how she we learn more about that condition that she had, and that in actuality it was showing her the truth and the memories of what she had seen in the past yeah. and then her relationship with Gilgamesh. Uh, Gilgamesh forever! Gilgamesh. I'm team so, Gilgamesh forever, man. Yeah, Gilgamesh forever. So I really liked all of her scenes. And I know in the last podcast I said, well, it's kind of lame that um, Angelina Jolie was picked for this film, but I've always really loved her as an actress and her character as Thena, it reminded me a lot of Maleficent, actually, because she has this not really kind of like a cold maternal um, 
mm. vibe, but at the same time, very wise and knowing, but there's this inner strength. But then there was so much vulnerability too when her identity was in question. Yeah. So she wasn't like a main, main, the main, main eternal, but I liked all her scenes. Yeah. They were very powerful. Yeah. No, I, I'd see a whole movie with her in it for mm-hmm. sure. She's a powerhouse. Love Angelina. Yeah. See, we, we need a flashback where we have a movie called Gilgamesh and Athena yeah. living in the desert. I know. <laughs> <laughs> when he went to Fiji, what happened yeah. to her? What happened to her? <laughs> um, how about you, Brian? Any character building scenes that you really liked? You know, Druig, he's turned out hmm. to be my favorite character. Really? I mean, I thought he was going to turn completely into a bad guy. He was kind of like Loki to me. <laughs> but he has that resting jerk face, so he kind of <laughs> looks like a bad guy. He looks like he's deceiving, yeah. you know. But, man, he has a lot of character to him. And, you know, I, I think that he could... Uh, I don't know. I just really liked his portrayal. And every time he had a scene, you know, obviously he likes uh, Makari, but there's just a lot to him. I, I just really enjoyed all his scenes. I, I couldn't get enough of him. I really needed more of him. Yeah. Yeah. Druig was great. I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. And Makari. They're also good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with, I, I thought the first scene in London where the where the deviant shows up with Cersei Dane Whitman, aka Black Knight. But um <laughs> when Cersei and Dane and Sprite were there and the first deviant shows up and you could see that their powers are really more defensive, you know, Cersei's power and, and Sprite's power are really more defensive and not really, you know, warrior right. type powers and then and then Icarus shows up, you know, as the the white knight as it were. <laughs> he shows up <laughs> And saves him and kind of just blows the other guy away, the deviant away. Um, I like that scene, you know, where their powers are revealed and then, you know, hidden secrets are revealed. And I like their chemistry, you know, those those four together. I would watch a movie with those four together also, you know. like It was like watching 12 different movies in a way, right? Like all these little movies. Yeah. And I really liked the scene where they reunite with Gilgamesh and Athena in the desert. And... And it hits you that he's been taking care of her for hundreds of years, you know, and they have this this relationship where it might be mostly one-sided where Gilgamesh is just protecting her from herself, basically, for yes. 500 years. And it didn't seem like, you know, it didn't seem necessarily like a, a love relationship in a husband and wife kind of sense, but it, it seemed just more like, you know, someone caregiving for you know, if anyone's ever care give you know given care for someone with dementia or Alzheimer's or something, where it's really one sided, where you're just taking that really struck me, and and he came across as so powerful but so vulnerable, and caring and protective, and then you know just that just the jokes in the cave are funny, you know, when they're having the meal together and just <laughs> yeah, just, that family feel poking fun, yeah. Where they haven't seen each other for so long, but they just pick right up, you know, where they left off, and they know so much about each other. I, I like that scene a lot. I thought that was yeah, great. me too. And with Gilgamesh, there there's this certainty that he has about who Thena is and about himself as well, and I think that that's very powerful. Yeah, 
But uh, yeah, I think I, I wanted more. I wanted more Druig, more Makari. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't know them at all, Harley. And then at the end, they're kind of like they're partnering up a little bit, a little bit of a love thing going on there. But well, we didn't see any of that coming, really, right? Like I didn't see any of that coming. And yeah, so I wanted to know more about Makari. But um, overall, I think they did pretty well. I I don't know. A Jack was kind of meh for me. <laughs> didn't do much. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, she was more of the a storyteller in mm-hmm. in it, kind of like an unofficial narrator, really. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, pretty good task of getting through all those characters in a pretty short amount of time. Any characters you needed more from or more development for? Uh, it's hard to say because it's not done right yet, right? Um, I mean, you can technically say, I don't want to hear a little bit more from Ajax, but, you know, spoiler alert, alert she's not. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, we don't know if they're not going to be back. We, we don't know that because in the yeah. comic books, they're immortal. So there is something about them rejuvenating. So I'm going to hold my tongue on whether they're done yet. Mm. That would be yeah, interesting. They, they don't die. They, 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 they get rejuvenated when they get messed up. So we'll see what happens. Maybe they're stardust somewhere else. <laughs> and they will inhabit their um, machine bodies. They're potentially clones. It's true. Maybe different memories, but. Right. Because they get wiped anyway, right? <laughs> yes. Though they huh. wouldn't have their latest memories. I mean, they are But Ajak, Ajak, I think, has all of her memories. And, and, well, and apparently Fina as well. They, they didn't wipe her she yet. She was glitching, yeah. Or it didn't work. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the action. This is a Marvel movie, right? Um, what do you think of the action scenes? And was there a favorite action scene? Those deviants, they look really cool. I mean, it's got to be my favorite CGI monster in the MCU. They are like an organic MRI of a venom dinosaur in 3D. They're just like... Unicorny. Yeah. They're really like cool. rainbow I mean, it's just the way they move and, you know, it, I, I like them. I, I like them a lot. So uh, I think every action scene where there was fighting yeah. going on, it did get a little busy when, you know, there was more than two or three, but... But the, those, I, I've always been dismayed at the Avengers when they were fighting the Takari. Uh, it's just all those aliens all ca- kind of look, all the bad guys always look similar. It's like kind of indescribable, very ugly. But yeah, these, these deviants look pretty cool to me. Uh, every fight scene I was excited about. It was really neat. Yeah, I completely agree. I thought that the deviants were not grotesque looking to me. They were really cool. Um, fascinating and they had different types like different species of them so I liked all the fight scenes I can't really think of one that really stood out there weren't really that many actually so I just wanted more fight scenes it was so fun though to see all of the different powers and the range and like you said there are some that were more defensive and then others that were definitely on the offense so i was very impressed by makari actually i thought that wow she's so powerful with her speed and her strength so and in my mind i was thinking like "Mm, but are any of them uh as powerful as thor or captain marvel like if we were to match them up and i'm not sure so yeah 
Yeah, they were def- definitely defeatable. Like we saw, you know, literally saw some of them defeated, but they were not, you know, overpowering by themselves. Um, my favorite scene was the f- the fight between them each other on the beach. I really liked when they kind of went at each other, and then you had the nerdy Fastos kind of defeating Icarus, Icarus in a way, right? <laughs> yeah, and it was. It was kind of like, you know, up to that point, I was like, what is this guy doing exactly? Like, pocket watches? Like, what? <laughs> you know, he just keeps making all these different inventions and stuff. Like, what? Where does he fit in all this? But he ended up being key player in the end, right? Like, really, really key. And then, yeah, Makari. Yeah, so I, I like that fight scene where they were fighting each other. And, and what I liked about it was kind of like in Civil War where they were kind of holding back a little. Like, they weren't really... They're trying to subdue each other but not kill each other, you know, and so I kind of like that aspect of it. It's true. You could tell they were stalling for Cersei and Druig, mm-hmm. except for Sprite mm-hmm. when she stabbed Cersei. That was pretty clear <laughs> yeah. what her intention was. Yeah, yeah, that was a little rough. Um, but they developed that well, you know, I thought they that. They did, yes. I, I could see it where, you know. A thousand years living in someone's shadow, you know, living in in jealousy of someone for a thousand years, 5,000 years, and then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and being jealous of somebody that you actually really love and respect. Your sister, basically, right? It's heartbreaking. Super hard. Yeah, so I thought that worked for me. Let's see. Yeah, the other fight scenes. Yeah, the the deviants were were like biological in... in, Mm -hmm kind of design but then otherworldly and abilities what did you think now this is one of my what the heck things coming up here <laughs> what did you think so where did that the one is able to steal powers right the the main guy they didn't give him a name but i guess that's crow where did he get that ability did he just evolve it is that what they came up with that's a good question i could i, I couldn't think about that I, I mean i couldn't figure out why he became the alpha prime in that situation because he was just in ice for 7,000 years, right? He was yeah. just frozen. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he has the ability to steal. Yeah, he was definitely the leader. And all of a sudden, he was able to have extra powers and then pass it on to the others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a very interesting flashback showing in the cave. Yeah. How he took Ajax's power and then created all the different... I'm sure that there's a deleted scene that they left out that probably shows him, like... Mm-hmm. To explain... You know, I'm the guy, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only thing that I gathered from there was that Icarus was like, you know, with the emergence happening, things are warming, and the ice was melting, and then these deviants were here. But do you think Icarus had something to do with them being there? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was answered. How did he just find them? That's true, right? I mean... If I go back logically, I go, oh, earthquake happened. He's searching around to see if anything happened. Or he knew that they were already in the ice. And when the earthquake happened, he was checking to see if they came out. Yeah. We don't know. I think he knew something. Yeah, maybe. How do you like that plot twist, too? That it's not global warming. <laughs> it's the emergence. <laughs> <laughs> it's not carbon dioxide emissions, people. It's the fact that there's a, there's celestial, a celestial growing. Warming in our- the Earth. <laughs> All right, climate deniers, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Oh, man. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> All right. All right. That's us melting the ice. Um, 
All right. Well, let's talk about some some scenes that didn't really work for us. Uh, cinematic. Ooh, can I go? Can I add, Can I ask about my favorite non-action scene? Oh yeah, yeah. The Babylon Gardens. Yes. When they showed the overview uh-huh. of that, I went into whoa! Did it really look like that? Because it was, it's one of the <laughs> seven wonders of the world, right? But we have no pictures. Mm-hmm. This is something yeah. that we hear about in history. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, that is amazing. It's gorgeous. So that took my breath away for a second, actually. And I left the movie for for a moment. (laughs) Just like staring in awe and wonder. And Ajax there in the middle. Yeah, (laughs) totally. (laughs) On her throne. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. um, So I, I took Latin and my, my Latin teacher was saying that, you know, all we see is white marble. Now, you know, all the, all the ruins from ancient times are all white marble or just white stone. But he's like, you don't know what color they were. They could have been all kinds of different colors. And so that scene in Babylon where the walls are blue, that's what I was thinking of of all the blue and gold Mm. pillars that, yeah, these, these ancient structures are probably a lot more colorful than we totally. What made you take Latin, by the way, is this high school or college? High school, man. I took Latin in high school as well. Did you really? Did you guys take it for biology, like the words? <laughs> I did. I thought it would expand my vocabulary. So I took it with the principal at 7.15 in the morning. Really? So it wasn't a real class or what? It was a real class. He just taught it that early. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, hey, learn Latin and do well on the SAT. SATs. Exactly. But then it was like, oh, when the SAT came, I was like, oh, oh, oh that word is based on Latin. I'm like, oh, but what does that word mean in Latin? <laughs> Like you have to actually remember your Latin to remember how it affects your English. So, yeah, interesting. Didn't go, <laughs> didn't go as planned. At least it, you remember the marble <laughs> fact. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. That was the sole purpose of you taking that class. Well, here's what else I remember. Written in my Latin book was a poem that someone had left in there from like the 1970s, right? Because they they don't update Latin books because you know Latin's what? a dead language, right? Yeah. So they don't have to update them. So the book, the poem said, um, Latin is a dead language, dead as dead can be. It's killed off all the Romans, and now it's killing me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Here I am 35 years later. Reciting that. <laughs> that's what I remember from Latin. Oh, Dr. Nagara. Oh, wow. Wow. Why? Chloe's out, man. That's her thing. The, remember I told you she's going to fly them out to locations? Yeah. So she had two hundred million bucks, and she said, "You know what? I'm going to the Canary Islands. I don't care. <laughs> you know, you want, you want. I'm going. I'm going to the Painted Desert. I'm going. You know, I'm going everywhere to film these scenes. And and do you also remember I mentioned, you know, the wind blowing on the microphone? You know, like the gentle. Yeah, that's I heard. Her, that's, I heard it. That's her signature. It's like two people standing in a field with a little breeze on the microphone, having a quiet conversation. That was kind of her thing. Oh wow! So I didn't could, mind it. It made no. for a very long movie. Yeah. But I didn't mind it. Yeah. But I yeah. know others did not feel the same as me and wish that it would have a more similar pace as what we're used to seeing with yeah. Marvel movies. But I liked it. Yeah, I felt the same way. I was like, well, if she were going to cut something, what would she cut? And, and I was trying to think, and I was like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to think about, well, they didn't need this scene because every scene had a purpose. Yeah, and there was a lot in the plot, so the space there helped my brain 
digest and register some of the plot points that I had mm-hmm. just seen or that had just been told to me. So yeah. that was helpful. I, I think in other Marvel movies, things are more straightforward. Though in this movie, there was nothing other than the kind of some of the head scratchers that we'll probably talk about. Things were explained. Yeah, I honestly, I, I don't think the uh, the the exposition really kind of worked for me. Like there were some times when, especially whenever Ari Shem showed up, I didn't like that, you know, because she was like doing all these natural locations, natural lighting. That's a, another thing she's really known for. And then they go to this huge CGI dude that doesn't move and just had this really overproduced voice. You know, they just had this kind of... Yeah, and there's no face, really. Yeah. And they're just Nothing standing to emote. there. Yeah, those scenes never worked. They didn't work for me. Anytime they went to see... Anytime Ajak or Cersei saw Arisham, didn't really work for me. And he was just explaining stuff. So it's kind of... these nothing, you know, people standing on this platform and this robot voice kind of talking. That never worked for me in this yeah. movie. Yeah. But it is very comic booky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, you can see it being a comic book page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a, sure. a big block of text. <laughs> Several blocks yeah. of text. With one picture. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just one non moving picture. Because uh-huh. there was no movement. Yeah. <laughs> and Arishem's voice is from um, Bill Skarsgård, the, the voice for the clown in it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought he, he also did like Megatron. Too. Did he? Oh At my god! Optimus Prime. <laughs> but Good yes, voice. Yeah, yeah, but just no inflection. Just going go 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 go. Yeah, it was uh, didn't work. Didn't work. Um. All right. Another question. What? Where did Cersei get her power to to change living things? Remember, she she yeah, froze that. Yeah, that was that cool. One. Yeah, she she froze that one dude into a tree, and they're like, "How'd you learn how to do that?" She goes, "I don't know." To be continued. <laughs> so we don't know how she evolved either. She just got this power. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end, she had the Unimind kind of gave her power to to freeze the Celestial in a stone. But before that, she did that to a Deviant, and she had never done that before. That was an accident. Something happened and she, she couldn't figure it out. And that was an interesting one that, you know, I think we'll find out later. I do think it's also a story of her self-discovery. And we mm-hmm. talked about this a little bit last time, too, how Chloe Zhao said she's really the central figure. And it's about her growth and maturity, ma- journey of maturity as a leader. So it probably has something to do with that she's discovering yeah. her true identity and who she is what she can be so it's the story of self-discovery and in that moment she was pretty much gonna die you know she was in the water getting pushed down and the deviant could have just bitten her head off and then she grabbed his face so it was in those moments in life when we're really pushed to the edge we could do amazing things yeah so she Bottom line, don't mess with Asian women. You know, don't don't push baby in the corner. That's right. <laughs> you will come become at you. a tree. <laughs> you into a tree. She was my favorite, you know. She was I, great. Yeah, I went in wanting to love her as a character, and she delivered. You know, she had the vulnerability, the softness. 
but you know she could kick a little butt when she needed to yeah admittedly i thought her powers kind of uh, you know disappointing but it is really cool and she turned a celestial into stone so she's very powerful <laughs> yeah. and she in this role is my first time seeing her for an extended period of time like as a lead i think the first time that i had seen Gemma chan was as minerva in captain marvel oh yeah she's like nothing there. yeah very very short role and i'd probably seen more of her in like her skin routine and makeup routine videos on youtube <laughs> to be honest which i love her from yeah. those oh yes i love those too <laughs> she and you haven't a, seen crazy rich asians and i haven't seen crazy rich asians she's a wonderful <laughs> actor actor she's got this vulnerability and yeah. relatability yeah no i think they that you know they developed her the best of all of them i think because she had some weakness and self-doubt and you could see why people would fall in love with her but also they made it work you know sometimes love triangles don't work where it's kind of like what you know yeah but you know icarus left her and kind of i guess it was because he had known about the plan or or maybe he was starting to figure out some stuff and so he ended up leaving her for one reason or another never really explained it i guess is that is that what you got out of it that they were together I, and then he left i got that he left when he learned about their true purpose for being there and he knew how much cersei loved the people of earth yeah. and he couldn't be with her and be who he truly was and keep that from her. So then he left. I think that's why. Because he started to to tell her that. And then they got attacked. And then that's what I got from. Yeah. Okay. That towards the sense. end. Yeah. And it worked. You know. Like it could have been really super cheesy at the end. When he could have destroyed her. Like she's. She's getting. She's turning. Um, Tiamat into stone. And he could have blasted her. But then he flashes back. You know. that That was a little cheesy. But it worked for me. I thought. Yeah. You could see that he really loved her. He's a good actor, I think. You know, that also yeah. reveals, because in the last podcast, I was talking about how they all could come together as a Unimind. You know, I wonder if that's going to happen. I'm glad it did. <laughs> but one thing that happened towards the end was Tiamat also contributed to, to the Unimind. He yeah. let them, yeah. Which kind of shows that as a Celestial, he might not even agree with the agenda. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think they made it good where the antagonists were were just following orders, right? And they were just doing what, in theory, is better for billions of people, right? In theory, each celestial is going to create a million planets with billions of people, and just destroying one planet is the sacrifice it takes to to lead to billions of other people being born. And so, you know, Icarus wasn't a again, not the not the evil like I have I have my agenda, but it's like, no, I'm following orders. I'm a good soldier, you know, and so it wasn't like he was the worst person ever. Yeah. Same with Kingo for not staying to save the planet Earth for the same yeah. reasons. Yeah, I, I kept waiting for him to show up though. I kinda waited I was at the on the beach I was kinda like, Oh, he's gonna come for the Unimine, you know, because we need more power. <laughs> but he what, what was he doing? He was just chilling in, in Mumbai. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because in the end he got in trouble too and he wasn't even there stopping yeah. the emergence. But he did get in trouble. He had to drop a new album. <laughs> I guess. I guess. 
Yeah, that was that was kind of weird. I, I thought he would make an appearance and say, "Okay, I'm picking a side, one or the other. I'm going to pick one side or the other." But yeah, you. I was hoping for that too because you want to see people take a stand, regardless of what side. Yeah, but I, I like that scene. Now, after I, after it happened, I thought about it where he says, "You know, I'll I'll follow you to the end, whatever it takes." And Icarus was kind of like, "Wait, is that what I sound like? You know, I sound like a mindless." soldier that just does whatever he's told you know even if i don't totally believe it i'm just gonna do it like that was a deep scene now that i think about it it was really pretty powerful yeah you felt like him hearing that from someone else it just gave him different insight into his own actions and yeah it made him pause yeah it made him pause like what did you say am i am i just doing that too am i just no matter what happens i'll do it yeah so oh so tragic icarus he flew too close to the sun. Yeah. He flew into the sun. He flew into the sun. <laughs> he took that story to another level. <laughs> yeah, but but we do not see him die. Maybe he went right through the sun. Maybe he's sleeping in the sun. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's, he's there. He's just gained more power. He's part of the sun. Yeah, he's like, people called me Superman. I'm going to be stronger than Superman. I'm going to live in the sun for a while. <laughs> <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> All right, here's another huge question. So... The the celestial needs a lot of humans to be born, but what does the celestial do? Does he eat them? <laughs> he, like, what is, how is he getting power? Yeah, that is a really good question. Because um, they their souls, they said that it was just like a mass accumulation of intellectual life, you know. And I'm not sure. It's not like he sucked people's energy or mind in order to emerge, you know, as the emergence was happening, there wasn't any indication that people were getting energy sucked from them. So yeah, I don't know, Curtis, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. The way that they, they, they worded it was that they needed the population's energy. So I don't know what that means. Does he suck the energy out of them or does he have a high protein human diet? I, I don't really yeah, know. that's the thing. I don't know because it didn't say like <laughs> before this marble rock appeared in the ocean, the Earth's population just fell asleep or something like that. They All didn't their say souls anything like got that. sucked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I I really like Cersei. I thought Icarus was really good. Um, I love Gilgamesh. I thought he was he did really well. I his agree. English was great. I thought his English might be a little tough, but it was really good. Yeah. They gave him really good lines. Like I was saying earlier, they didn't waste a scene really with anybody, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, I loved, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. But man, when he was wearing the baby outfit, I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> Sprite's yeah. trick. Yeah. yeah. And his delivery is just so gentle. Like he's super strong, right? He's kind of like a Hulk guy, but the way he delivers it is like, oh, I'm a baby now? Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. That was really funny. And yeah. how he made the pie. And he yeah. grabbed the pie. He didn't even have a pot holder. Yeah. Didn't hurt him. <laughs> so strong. <laughs> Man, actually, just talking about it now, I think I like, I like the movie more now, even after just talking to you guys about <laughs> There's it. There's a lot. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to like. And I think that each of us pick up on different things, which makes it fun and interesting to hear what resonated definitely more to like than not to dislike for sure yeah you know it was long 
it was a little bit of exposition. The plot was a little too big. Right. But at the end, you know, you walk away, you feel like you know most of the characters pretty well, right? In the end, you want to see another movie. So I think it's mission accomplished, right? I feel like that's what you want. You want to be entertained. You want to, you know, the goal of this movie was to introduce you to some kind of obscure characters that no one has heard of, right, Brian? Like, like no one, like, they could change all the genders and all the, the nationalities of all these, or races of all these Eternals, because no one had ever really, <laughs> no one knows Makari. Like, she, oh, she wasn't a deaf African-American woman? <laughs> you know, like, it's a dude? Wait, what? A white dude? <laughs> I think the Eternals, since it was so... A little bit convoluted of a plot, but really big stakes and so huge. And then it it introduces you to different stories and different possibilities. To me, that is a comic book movie. If you watch a comic book movie, sci-fi movie, and you feel like you understand everything, then somebody got something wrong. But if there's (laughs) questions that you have... That is for sure a comic book movie. And you feel like a kid again. It makes you think about fantasy and superheroes and superpowers. That is a comic book movie film. And you can debate it. You can debate it with your friends. No, it didn't mean this. It means this. You know, that's totally. Absolutely. You know, to have a conversation with my husband about, okay, who would win in a battle? Fina or (laughs) Captain Marvel? Okay, well, what planet are they on? And what yeah, are they doing? Yeah. Then that's super fun. <laughs> yeah, that's the fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, who would you re- would you recommend this to? Like Lauren, you take your girlfriends to Marvel movies. Would you take your girlfriends to this? Movie? No. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> this is this is for comic book people. I think people are kind of bought into it. What about you, Brian? Who would you recommend this movie to? You know, I I would say because we know that it's going to build onto the other films, I'd say everybody everybody should give it a try. I I think um, we we need to build, and this this movie she did not fail. I, I can say that she did not fail. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I would say sci-fi lovers. Like if there's folks out there who like sci-fi but aren't really into the Marvel movies for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, so my wife came with us and my daughter, and my wife's not into sci-fi or comic books. Uh, I think she's only seen a couple of the Avengers movies. She didn't even see Endgame yet, but um, she liked it. Well, I mean, she's also a huge Gemma Gemma Chan fan. (laughs) You know, she liked the love story aspect of it, and, and, you know, she kind of liked the the quieter scenes. She isn't really into monsters or fighting and stuff like that, so she she enjoyed it. She, She definitely would watch another one, she said. So she's a test case. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, for sure, comic book people, Marvel people will like this one. Um, it gets a little weedy, a little dense, a little exposition-y. So some people may not like the slowness of it. But I think most people most people give it, what, at least a 7? 7 or 8 out of 10? Yeah, definitely. I think right. they give them, you know, pretty good marks. Uh, you know, like you Rotten Tomatoes uh, audience version, 86%. You know, critics version, 54. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think even for comic book people or Marvel people, everyone has their own Marvel universe in their mind. And it's based off of what they consumed. But I think with this, just to see it as a separate art form and someone else's vision of a world that you love 
it's fun to have an open mind going into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So end credit scenes. End credit scenes, Brian. You called <laughs> it. You called the Black Knight scene at the end here. I didn't hear a Harry Styles call, though. I don't think any of us made a Harry Styles call at the end here. That character. Who's Arrow? No. I, my friend who was sitting next to me, she was a very vocal movie goer. <laughs> so he came up on screen and she gasped. And I was like, do you know who, like, I was like, do you know who that is? I had no idea who it was from the comic book end or the actor end. She was like, Harry Styles. And I was like, who's Harry Styles? <laughs> but actually, I have seen him in a movie called Dunkirk. Have yeah, you yeah. seen that movie? Yeah, he's good. He is a very good actor. Uh -huh. I know that he's like a singer, but he's a very good actor. Yeah. And he's a, he's a cutie, Lauren. People like him. <laughs> I, yeah, he's a good-looking guy. Sure. <laughs> Doesn't hurt. Never hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so who's Eros, Brian? You oh, know, man. Thanos' he's, brother? He's, he's one of my favorite heroes. Okay. He's, uh, he's Thanos' brother. Is he every everything you want to be, Brian? Is this I like to walk into a room and the women just faint. <laughs> People at home can't see this, but Brian is smiling from ear to ear. Just mentioning arrows, right? <laughs> smiling so His arms are in the air. I have so many great memories of every time he shows up in a comic book and laughing my head off because he he has the powers of an eternal. He has um, you know strength. He can fly also, uh, so he has strength. Uh, he can heal. So that's the typical e eternal power. But the thing about him is that he gives off pheromones, which women cannot fight off. So when he walks into a room, the women instantly fall in love with him. And it just drives me oh, nuts. Man. The portrayals that I remember in my head when he walks in and joins the Avengers and She-Hulk is just like Google-eyed. You know, it's just a funny character. It's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> that's why Druig was like, Huh? I didn't feel anything. Exactly. <laughs> in that scene. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. That's cool. I have no idea about this character. Star Fox, to me, is a literal fox in a spaceship from a video game. <laughs> okay. But I'm interested. And then Black Knight, and did you recognize the voice, Brian? I didn't, but I looked it up, so I found out that way. Blade. Blade. Right? Yeah, my, my friend Clement was sitting in front of me. Turn around because that's Blade's voice. <laughs> wow. He must be a big he's, Mahershala he, Ali fan. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> huge. Yeah. So he was like, that's Blade. Incredible. Incredible that's actor. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be cool. That's very interesting because Blade is a very fun character. Blade's a character that that I know. And then there were the Wesley Snipe movies right. from way back when. <laughs> so who's Black Knight? He has his sword and it gives him special powers. Because Dane Whitman is just normal human. Right? He is, but he comes from a lineage of uh, people who, uh, you know, I guess carry that sword. His uncle was one. And so that sword is like the most powerful item. I know they have, you know, Milnor with the Thor's hammer and all these other objects, but the ebony blade has some serious um, power behind it. And um, yeah, I, you'll have to see. I don't want to give it all away. So he'll probably have his own movie. I, I don't think he'll have his own movie, but I believe he's going to be connecting everything together in phase four. He, he, he becomes mm -hmm. the leader of the Avengers. He's, you know, he's a prominent character. So I, from what I'm seeing and what they did with him in the comic books, he's going to become, 
you know, he's, he's Captain America. In, in, well, Falcon's mm. going to be Captain America, but in terms of iconic, in terms of the main superhero, he's going to be one of them. That'll be really interesting. And I maybe later on he'll have his own movie after Blade. I mean, Blade is not slated for a long time, like many, many years out. And there are two untitled <laughs> movies that are slotted. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I heard a funny joke, too, the other day. They said they had to kill off Gilgamesh because if Gilgamesh and Wong were on the screen at the same time, people would be confused. <laughs> <They'd> be like, <laughs> so wait, wait, what's happening? Why are there oh two of them? Oh, my gosh. My friend, our friend, <laughs> our friend at the end of the movie, he, he said, I can't believe they killed off Wong. And I was like, okay, we're not free for lunch anymore. We, we got to go. Dude, where have you been for the last hour and a half? Uh, All Asians look alike. But, That's so sad. Uh, They're completely Asian different. Man. Oh, man. I was personally offended for Gilgamesh. And uh, oh, man. <laughs> Why did they kill yeah. off Wong? I was like, what? Oh, Wong guy. <laughs> Why did they kill off Frida Kahlo? Why did Frida oh, Kahlo have man. to die? No. no. Oh, man. oh, man. All right. Well. That's fun. I uh, I I'm gonna see it again. I'm, I might wait for the Disney Plus streaming. You know, we'll see. I'm, I I wouldn't mind. It is a big movie. You kind of have to see it on the big screen. Yes, I re- yeah. Cinematically beautiful, but I don't know if I could see yeah. it in the theater again. Like for after Shang Chi, I felt like oh, I really want to see this again, and it's like very fast paced. It's not quite as long as the Eternals, but this one, I don't know if I need to see yeah. it again in the theater. Yeah, it's too long for me, and that empty desert two-thirds in is a little daunting. (laughs) A lot of desert scenes. All right, well, on the count of three, we're going to give it a grade. A-plus being the highest, F-minus being the lowest. On the count of three, let's all say what grade we would give the Eternals. Ready? One, two, three. B-plus. Okay, we got the whole range. So A minus, B plus to B. You give it a B, Brian? I do. All right. That's still worth saying for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's what I, I did some after interviews. That's what I got. Some people said, I believe someone who lives with Lauren said that he liked this better than Shang-Chi. Yeah, he did. Hot take. I know. And then I the can guy see, next- I can see where he's coming from, though. And then the guy immediately next to him said, I think this Shang-Chi was way better than this. I didn't like this much at all. So it's, it's, you know, you're going to get that range. Yeah, that range. yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a divisive. I can see that. Yeah. But the more I think about it, just like you, Curtis, Curtis, like the more we talk about it, the more I think about it. It's like, oh, there's things to really enjoy and pick apart. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts? Uh, well, you can edit this out if I get canceled. Okay. No, I want to hear more of Brian's thoughts. Okay, Curtis, you can cue the evil music, angry Asian man. All right. Okay, this is I'm what I've been my, waiting for. Let's I'm do gonna it. put on my Asian man hat, and because this is infatuation, so I'm gonna pull out the Asian perspective here. Okay. I have been dealing with father absence in media regarding Asian men, and I've been dealing with it for a long time. I thought the year that Joy Luck Club came out and. Mortal Kombat, where there was an Asian male lead, and Dragon. I thought, oh, man, this is going to start something. And then nothing happened. 
and I've been for 20 years. Okay, you can ask my kids, my wife. Every <laughs> time I see a family, an Asian family in a commercial, I take a picture because what you'll notice is that there's never an Asian father. Never. They'll even have an Asian family with the kids and the mom, but no father at all. It's just one mother. Now, I've been, I have so many pictures of this and it happens like multiple times a month. I see it. And so like, and, and I don't want to offend all my Hapa friends with Caucasian last names. I'm not, that, that's not my purpose. My purpose is to notice that what Hollywood and how they portray us, because you look into this movie, you look into Marvel, they choose every line carefully. They're setting up a whole universe, right? So when you're doing a commercial, you're casting specifically for a demographic. Everything is like anticipated. Everything is. There's thought put into it. Yeah. Complete thought, you know, as to even how maybe the hair color would be, right? And so this has nothing to do with all my, you know, friends who have white par- white fathers and Asian mothers, okay? This is not about that. This is how Hollywood sees us. And, you know, we, we, we were, the women were always the object for the taking or the scheming temptress way back to black and white films, right? Anime Wong, blah, 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 how they portrayed her. And it's still the same to me. And we have Chloe that's at the helm, not only writing and directing, but being an influence for this movie. And I feel like the Asian woman is seeking and initiating relationships with Icarus and Dane Whiteman. I mean, Whitman, excuse me. You know, the, the white, white knight. man. He is a white, the man. white knight. I mean, the, the you know, right. or the black knight, you know, it's like, AKA white man in shining armor. I mean, it's like, wow. So she's not only going after one white guy, she's going after two white guys. Exactly what, you know, a mischievous sexual being would do. Right. And we have the only MCU sex scene ever in 22 films. And, there you go. Like, you know, I don't know what that says, but I do know that when I was watching The Bodyguard with Whitney Houston, I heard all the black men start booing when Kevin Costner kissed Whitney Houston, right? But when I see a woman, is Gemma, Gemma's half, isn't she? No, she's all. She's full? When I see an Asian woman on, on screen and, you know, white guys on top of her and you know i don't know i, I it just it, it, it bugs it bugs me because i see this erasure of an asian man with an asian woman i see a erasure of an asian man period and even shang chi he doesn't get a girlfriend in in his movie he gets a bff and i'm just like how long is this going to continue you know we're talking well, about and, like and even gilgamesh you know, Gilgamesh is like the loyal protector of Athena, but they they hinted at their buddies, but was there more or not? We don't know. You know, they didn't explicitly show anything. Well, my hopes were getting high, right? Because I was just like, okay, all right, fine. We lost Gemma. But then, and shout out to Gemma. If she hears this, well, I'm going to save what I'm about to say to the end. But, you know, bottom line is, for me, you know, Gilgamesh is like, oh, okay, we still got Gilgamesh, right? He's got Angelina Jolie. Here we go, right? Like, are they going to kiss or whatever? Are you going to show him? And he show him his masculine. Okay, big plus, right? But doggone it, then they kill him. Like, they're always killing Asian guys. Like, they put him in the kitchen, Brian. Oh, my, oh my gosh. I didn't even, 
<laughs> they put okay. an apron on him put and him put him in, him in, in the baby, kitchen. Put him in a baby onesie. Oh my gosh, I'm even angrier now. I'm angry, angry, completely irate. I'm like, well, how are you going to do that to us? I mean, put him in the dress then. Man, we're getting, we're getting killed on the media in in the media, and I just like I don't I don't appreciate that. Chloe, do something about that. You know, when he dies. He's like every Asian man that dies. It's like every Asian guy dies. You know, if you look at Kill Bill, hundreds of Asian men are getting killed <laughs> per film. Even the and one like Asian I girl said, got killed, yeah. You know, is Gilgamesh immortal? These guys are supposed to be immortal, but you, you're going to kill that guy. I mean, it's like, wow. I, yeah, I just, yeah. I'm just angry. I, I didn't see it, but the Blue Bayou movie with Justin Chan, he gets together with a, with a Caucasian woman and adopts her daughter. But then he's getting deported. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's illegal here in this country. That that was kind of an interesting movie. I haven't seen it, but I've just heard some talk about it. Mm-hmm, same. Yeah, it's changing a little bit, Brian. Not in the big screen. I mean, not on the um, on the scale of Marvel, but small independent films. You'll see a little bit more. Um, you know, you'll see. Was it? Wasn't John Cho in a movie? Well, I mean, I know Walking Dead, you know, you had Glenn. But you, you see all the pausing that we're doing here? It's kind of like the it's same not common. thing. Like yeah. name, name a prominent Asian actor and people will still say Bruce Lee. Yeah. Been dead people for 50 years. <laughs> you know, we exist. And, you know, I, I really shout out to my friend, Harry Shum Jr. Yeah, he he has one of the a romantic comedy. Yeah, he's doing all kinds of great portrayals and you know you know i want him in the mcu but he's got bigger things going on right now especially with um crazy rich asians and him and Gemma are going to get it on in the next movie uh plenty of screen time but let me go ahead and plug you got to watch a show called never have i ever brian um is that netflix yep and um and it's mindy kaling and she's she's the creator of it and they're the main hot guys in the show are all asian like all the hot guys in the show are Asian, and everyone wants to be with them. Uh, was it Paxton Hall? Yoshida is one of the guys, and then uh, her auntie gets together with the Chinese guy. And it's 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 kind of bla- it, if you if you watch it, it kind of makes you pause for something. Like, wait, what? You'll like it, Brian. I think you'll definitely like it. Never have I ever on Netflix. I don't think it would pause me because <laughs> Curtis, you and I, you know, we we lived a life where women were throwing themselves at us. <laughs> And we said, no, 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 no. That's how we exist. Asian men walk around and people are just always throwing their underwear at us. So yikes. I, I don't know. I don't know what other people's reality on film is, but I know my reality. No, All right. All right. I Wife, think, I'm sorry. I think that there will be more to come in big Hollywood in this area. And I, I agree. I think that it's disappointing to see Asian men as the jokesters and getting poked fun at. But there seems to be more of an awareness of it. And at least there are Asians up on the screen. And is is that a, a happy thing for me to say or like a disappointing thing for me to say? Um, I don't know. But at least they're up there. And I think like Curtis said, on other on like the small screen, there's more definitely more out there in terms of immigrant stories and different racial backgrounds out there. But unfortunately, like we do have to go out and 
look for them. And Actually, oh, and um, Brian, for our sitcom show, we're doing Never Have I Ever, and also Duga Kamealoha, oh, which yeah. is on Disney Plus, and it's Jason Scott Lee is the dad with the Caucasian woman is the mom. Oh yeah, here we come! Yay! And the mom is the doctor, and he's he runs a food truck. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I need more of, you know. You know, yeah. I, I had so many friends growing up asian and didn't want to be asian they wanted to be white all the time and i'm just like wow you know all these guys just they don't realize how powerful they are as asians and that you know we're not defined we shouldn't be defined in a certain way on in hollywood uh to influence the next generations to to not want to be themselves you know so yeah 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 that's that's all i'm saying i know i know we, we know how you treat our asian women on screen you know and you know we know how you treat us Asian men as well. So, yeah. Well, I will push back and say I think that Gemma, in her character, she wasn't uh, passive. I think, and it was a conscious decision for her in terms of the romances that she chose, from what I saw. But I understand where you're coming from, where it's hard to see, you know, um, women being just objectified and things like that but for her character i didn't see that happening though it has happened in the past so i i think i'm hopeful there will be more opportunities for stronger asian men characters in movies there has to be because john cho has done a great job of picking his roles and he Mm -hmm. picks roles where you don't have to be asian you can just be a person yeah. In a certain role, and you just happen to be Asian. Yeah, that's what we want. We want to be regular people, right? I don't want to be the waiter. I don't want to be the kung yeah. fu dancer. You know, just you know, I don't always want to be the doctor either. It's like, yeah, like that yeah. movie Searching, uh, when he was a father searching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, John Cho has really done a great job of yeah. pushing the envelope and seeing us in a different, you know, way. Definitely. But let me say something else that's unpopular, may, might, might be unpopular. Just my last one here. <laughs> I think Angelina Jolie should have been Cersei. And I think we wasted Angelina Jolie in this cast. She was small. Yeah, her role Very was small. small. And I don't think Gemma, you know, I, God forbid I meet her someday. But I don't think that this role uh, would have been as powerful with her in it i think i think jolie would have been the better pick mm-hmm. agree to disagree brian I, I like Gemma on this one i thought she had the vulnerability i like Gemma um, too and i think that angelina jolie was an amazing fina and we're gonna see more of her so yeah you'll see more it- of angelina we love her but we also yeah. love Gemma. we'll see yeah. Cheekbones of the gods, both of them. Both of them have the facial structure of the goddesses. They are That's not right. ugly people. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> she was other... playing a complex <laughs> I also yeah. wanted to say that there are more Asian writers in Hollywood and making... That's what it's going to take. Yeah, yeah, making films and, and making uh, TV. And there's this one series. It's called Little America. It's on HBO. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, Kumail Nanjiani actually is a producer on that, along with Alan Yang, who did writing on Parks and Recreation. He's really mm-hmm. talented and really funny. Uh, but it's an anthology of immigrant stories. And I don't think it's gained a, a ton of popularity, but 
it's on Apple TV Plus, so it's from all different backgrounds, but Asians are represented there. So those, I think, would be interesting for Curtis, your, your listeners, but also Brian to check out. They're out there, but you do have to look for them. Yeah. They're yeah. out there, but they're almost like in the basement in the in-law. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's a small screen for now. It's getting bigger, you know, but I think we'll see it. I think we'll see it. It's just coming. It better. Uh, or I'm going to protest. Shang- Shang-Chi was a start. You know, getting Asian faces in Eternals was, was something. So we're in the Marvel Universe, at least. You know, Asian males in the Marvel Universe. Still not kissing anyone. But <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're in the universe, at least, Brian. We exist. <laughs> oh man all right well you know what on that note uh you know i don't hate your take brian you know i think um i think there will be a lot lot of people who agree there'll be people who disagree but that's life right Mm -hmm. so um thanks for coming on lauren and brian lauren you got something to say well i was gonna say we want to hear from your listeners we want to hear from different opinions out there it's important it's an important discourse and if you want to cancel brian right into (laughs) (laughs) no 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 but if you have thoughts on this write into us at infatuationpodcast at gmail.com you can also follow us on instagram at the infatuation podcast i'll put all these details in the notes but um have you seen eternals what do you think let us know let us know your thoughts we're trying to do new episodes every Wednesday, but you don't know. Sometimes we'll drop one on a Sunday. Sometimes we'll drop it on a Thursday. So you got to check out our Instagram to know exactly when we are coming out with new episodes. So check uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That'd be helpful to help push us to the top. But uh, until you hear us again, until the next a hot take from Brian or Lauren. You have to hear some other episodes too. But until you hear us again, on behalf of Brian, Lauren, and myself, we hope you're all happy and healthy, safe out there. Thanks again to my guests, and thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Peace out. Bye. Later. Okay, All so, right, give me a thought, dude. Oh, okay. Wait, are you recording? I am. You're oh, on, man. Okay. You're on the pod. Uh, this is a. This is like my opinion, I guess. I don't know. What are but, your initial thoughts? Of the okay, movie? so the end. I liked the movie. It was good. It was kind of a little bit outlandish, a little too superhero-y, not grounded okay. reality. But I do like how it connected Thanos yeah. and Thanos's real mission. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Get his real mission, yeah, no, his yeah, his real mission wasn't to uh-huh. save everybody. His mission was to pre- prevent Celestials from being born. Wow, yeah, deep, bro, deep. Yeah. All right, end credit scene. What do you think? Oh, dude, that was, um, it was a better. The end credits were probably better than the actual ending of the movie itself. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Right. All, right. All right. All right. I'll take it. And there's a lot, right? Like Galactus, like the whole deal, like right. anything can happen next. All right. I, li- I liked it. All right. Cool. Out of ten stars. Uh, it's not, it's not like my favorite, but it's still like seven, eight-ish. Okay. Right. My favorite though, 
is just it's Thor Ragnarok still. I love Thor. Really? Okay. Oh, dude. Well, because yeah. it's funny. Yeah, yeah. It it's was, super funny, and it's was like different. entertaining. That up there, Endgame, like Infinity War, but like yeah. Uh, All right. Good. All right. Thanks, man. Anthony, thoughts? I don't have a whole lot to say, honestly. <laughs> you I, enjoyed it, right? I did enjoy it. Um, you know, it brought the same kind of levity that a lot of Marvel movies bring. It's too serious. You know, I don't know. They, they, I mean, like Angelina and Jolie cracking some jokes every now and then. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of seemed like out of character for her, but I, I don't know. It seemed to work okay for me. Yeah. I enjoyed the movie. All right. Yeah. Would you see it again? Uh, I probably would just because there was some dialogue I couldn't hear. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. It's a little long. It was a long. Was it too long? The beginning was a bit too long. I feel like there's a lot of characters to introduce. A little, little bit of a lot of not just characters. As an English teacher, I must say the exposition was a little lengthy. Yeah. It took a long time to get to the conflict. Yeah. But that's okay. It was fun in the end. Well, because there's multiple antagonists too. Yes, and lots of twists, which is fun. Yeah. But then I felt like they complicated things. And then they would resolve them a little too quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> but right. no, I would give it a C plus. C plus. Okay. Would you see it again? Yeah, if it was the theater, yeah. yeah. I like watching them on in the theater. It's big. So. Yeah, it's a big movie. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But it is beautiful. Oh, yeah. No, it's gorgeous. They know how to make these movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, they do a really good job with the imagery. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Well, thanks for coming out. Thanks for setting this up. Yeah, yeah. Bye, everybody. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sir. What are your initial thoughts on this movie? It was good. I really enjoyed it. I like the character. I did too, right? It was good, yeah. Um, I actually might have liked it better than Shang-Chi. Whoa! Hot take. Hot take. Yeah. All right, all right. How about you, Calvin? What do you think? Gonna be on the pod. Yeah, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was better than Shang Chi. Okay, <laughs> it's a little. It's different. It's totally different. It is different. There's uh, yeah. I think I, I didn't know too much about the characters, but um, interesting dynamic. And that might be the knock, right? There's so many characters that we had to meet. So the first hour and a half, we're like just meeting everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. All right, all right. How about you? You got the jacket thoughts? Uh, it's all right. Still, still digesting it. Yeah. As first, first, first thought though, not my favorite so far. Right. But we'll see. Right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. I don't want to say slow, but it was. It took a while. It yeah. took a while to get going. And to your point, there's a lot of characters, so now I'm gonna need to go back and research all of them because I yeah. don't know any of them. So yeah. that's the other thing too is that we're introduced to people that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so maybe uh, wait for Disney Plus and watch it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks for coming out, guys. Right, John, you want to be on it? All right, you'll recognize his voice. This is John from uh, Shang-Chi as well. What do you think, John? Uh, amazing graphics, very yeah. natural. Um, but, it, yeah, did a really good job, but it, it did uh, take a while to tell the story. Um, but I, I noticed too that it was kind of it seemed like gender bending in a lot of ways. Like yeah. they didn't really kind of focus on one part, and uh, you know, even with the original comics, it seemed like they even changed the characters. The like Ajax was typically male, and then um, uh-huh. as well as Makari, I think, was male. So yeah. that, that was kind of nice to see. 
And then Harry Styles, the yeah. epitome of, you know, <laughs> bending genders. But yeah. Um, but yeah, amazing graphics. But yeah, the story was just a little slow. Yeah. And, and some of the humor, the Marvel humor that they always infused in there was a little forced, I felt like. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. All right, well, thanks for coming out. Thank you. <laughs> you want to be interviewed? Sure. All right. Uh, initial thoughts, Mandy. I thought it was good. I, I mean, I liked it. It was it was a bit long, but it, but there was just so many different things, yeah. like storylines. I feel yeah. like and characters. Um, Character arcs were all over the place. Yeah, yeah. But um, I definitely want to know more. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's a good. It's a good foundation. Is a lot of foundation building. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to the next one, though. All right. Yeah. yeah me too. <laughs> Yeah, I looked at my watch maybe three times, but, but you know, once it, once you, the last hour I didn't, but for the first hour I was kind of like, when is this thing, you know, what's going on? We're just going to pick up. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. it's like, you know, when you go to a party and you have to meet like 25 people, it takes a minute to get to know them, you know, like, you're not going to have fun at first. Yeah. But then you ended up, the you ended with like 50 more people, <laughs> I feel like, at the yeah. party. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, they keep coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, this is my relative. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was enjoyable. Yeah. I wanted to see more of the character, Jon Snow. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's going to have his own movie, I think. Oh. Yeah, so he's Black Knight. Yeah. So that was cool. Oh, yeah, this is, this is little Lauren, my number one daughter, my oldest daughter. You've met Miss Manny before, haven't you? No. Oh. This is her friend, Samantha. You want to be on the podcast? No. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming out, guys. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Enjoy San Bruno. There's a lot of good stuff out here. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Iceman and Firestar. 